This IPR podcast is supported by Cultivating Compassion, the Dr. Richard Deming Foundation, fostering causes that enrich the community, generate understanding, and cultivate compassion, including above and beyond cancer. Today is Tuesday. It's the 22nd of November. This is here first from IPR News. I'm Clay Masters. The Scott County Board of Supervisors has accepted more than 64,000 ballots cast during the general election, so the results are now official. Yesterday afternoon, board members asked Auditor Curie Tompkins about the process and why several recounts of absentee ballots were necessary. To find out, she plans to meet with the absentee ballot board and the manufacturer. We will have a meeting with our vendor just to go over again the process and what do we need to change for the future. We certainly don't want this to happen again. Um, I still, I'm not sure if it was a, <clears throat> if it was a human error between election, the day before and election day, or if it was the machine. The supervisors voted four to one in favor of the updated canvas of votes. Tompkins planned to send all the necessary paperwork to the state yesterday. Late last week, after a second machine recount of absentee ballots, the results changed the outcome of the 81st House District race. Democrat Craig Cooper received six more votes than his opponent, Republican Luana Stoltenberg. The USDA crop report shows the 2022 harvest season is done. The report shows the corn harvest is now 97 percent complete after being reported at 95 percent complete last week and eight days ahead of the schedule. The bean harvest was completed two weeks ago. State Agriculture Secretary Mike Negg says the first statewide snowfall and subsequent melting will help the topsoil moisture improve for next year's planting season. The number of homes sold in Iowa has declined by nearly 14 percent in the first 10 months of this year, with sales in October down significantly. 2,900 Iowa homes were sold in October. That's 34 percent fewer than in October of last year. Data from the Iowa Association of Realtors indicates home prices in Iowa were up 10 percent last month, and the number of homes going on the market is increasing after record low numbers earlier this year. The median price for a home sold in Iowa last month was $217,500. That's down nearly 10 percent from the record high set in July. Thanksgiving is now just a couple days away, and the Eastern Iowa Airport in Cedar Rapids says the facility is on track to record its second busiest year for Thanksgiving travel since 2019. The Cedar Rapids Gazette reports the number of seats in the market are more than three years ago for the same holiday period, and flights are expected to be nearly full with Thanksgiving travelers. Airport Director Marty Lenz says when comparing available seats in the market for the same Thanksgiving travel period in 2019 compared to this year, they have 8% more seats now. Officials suggest travelers arrive at least 90 minutes before departure. Also, many Iowans will be hitting the road for trips to see family and friends for the holiday, and they're being reminded to obey the rules of the road, starting with buckling up. State Patrol Trooper Ryan DeVault, based in Council Bluffs, says there have been 302 people killed on Iowa's roads since the beginning of the year. An alarming trend in that is that 44.5% of those 302 fatalities uh, are unrestrained motorists or uh, driver or passenger are not wearing their seatbelts. The number of reckless, impatient, and aggressive drivers has been raising, he says, since the pandemic began to wane and more motorists took to the road again. And the Iowa PBS Friends Foundation has canceled the rest of the organization's annual fall festival pledge drive after staff at Iowa PBS noticed suspicious activity in the company's network system early Sunday morning. 
Iowa PBS Director of Communications Susan Ramsey told the Des Moines Register. She tells the paper, quote, while this means a considerable loss of donor revenue in this period, we believe this is the best interest of the Iowans we serve. The company quickly brought in computer systems experts to identify and respond to the issue. It's here first. Can we heal the environment? In Kansas, we're working on it. Up From Dust is a podcast about how humans reshaped the world to fit urban landscapes and agricultural needs. We'll meet the people who are rolling up their sleeves to find more sustainable ways forward. Listen to Up From Dust from KCUR, part of the NPR Network. For the last 20 years, Native communities in western Iowa have come together the day before Thanksgiving to march in memory of the indigenous children who have been lost to the foster care system. As IPR's Kendall Crawford reports, it's led to greater collaboration between the state and tribes to address the forced separation of Native families that still exists today. More than 20 years ago, Amanda Bearshield Palacios's four children were taken from her. When the Santi Sioux woman struggled with drug use, social services removed her kids from her Sioux City home. She began treatment for addiction. She was still undergoing it when her parental rights were terminated. It hurt. It made me feel like, you know, who are they to tell me I can't be a mother to my own children? A 1978 federal law called the Indian Child Welfare Act, or ICWA, should have ensured the children were placed with Native relatives. But its enforcement wasn't guaranteed. In 2002, Native children were placed in foster care at seven times the rate of their white counterparts. Iowa's tribal communities wanted to know why, so they took to the street. It was a protest march, and, and it, was, um, it was rough. That's Terry Medina, a Native American advocate who attended the first march in Sioux City. He says that year was intense, full of placards and frustration. He says the community felt ignored and disrespected. It took the Native community almost uh, declaring war on DHS and the social workers, they they, they weren't connected to the children back then, you know, just to just, let's just house them. And so that was a, it was a teachable moment for everybody. Since then, the atmosphere around the march has changed. Medina says it's shifted to focus on how the community can heal. At last year's march, indigenous people from Winnebago, Santi Sioux, and Omaha tribes gathered to pray for the lost children. They also took the time to remember the march's first organizers. You know, I'm really thankful for Frank Lemire, Judy Yellowbank, and all the ones that stood up against the white people, the courts. They never stepped back. They all took that step forward. Both Lemire and Yellowbank have passed, but they were crucial in pushing for progress. It was their efforts that led to Iowa adopting ICWA into its state code in 2003. Also, a team of Native liaisons was added to DHS. And there's a monthly collaboration between state agency officials and the indigenous community. Manape Lemire is Frank Lemire's son and now the leader of the march. He says it gives tribes a voice. Dad was all, always talking about getting a seat at the table. Well, in this instance, he was building his own table for them to come to. Despite this progress, the disproportionality for Natives in the system has not gone away. This year, American Indians made up almost a third of child welfare cases in Woodbury County, despite being just 3% of the population. 
Tom Boschka, leads the Department of Health and Human Services in western Iowa. He says a long history of racial discrimination has pushed Native communities into cycles of poverty that fuel the crisis. As Frank would say, we got to this position with over 400 years of involvement. It's going to take some time for us to resolve all of those issues. But in two decades, Boschka says better practices are taking hold. Just this year, Iowa had its first tribal customary adoption. States and tribes work together to find an adoptive home for a child without terminating the rights of the birth parents. We have really strived there to find every kind of alternative. That didn't exist as an option for Palacios. Her children are grown now, and she's reconnected with them. But she says the time apart still hurts their ability to connect. They got story, war stories of, you know, me of a mother moving out of my life without them. Can you imagine? Their first everything. Or, you know, what if they were sick and they just needed that hug and, and to be held and told, I loved you. She wasn't able to be there, but she was able to march for them. She says that's how she showed her love. In Sioux City, I'm Kendall Crawford, IPR News. Subscribe to Hear First from IPR News wherever you find your podcasts. I'm Clay Masters. Thanks for listening.